Hello, and uh, starting this podcast episode over again uh, because of reasons and laziness. Uh, Anyway, so this is a what the fuck is wrong with you people episode, but I'm not really asking what the fuck is wrong with anyone uh, specifically. Um, It's just one of my regular discourse episodes. So yeah, nice guy. I know on Twitter I've been following for a while. Had a neat topic. Uh, Second time in a row, I think I've done a a podcast uh, uh, in this particular uh, season uh, from a topic on Twitter. So, hi, nice guy on Twitter. Anyway, this is all about toxicity, right? Toxicity on social media, toxicity, you know, with uh, Twitter specifically. Uh, Guy is... You know, his position is charge people ter- per tweet or charge people to use a platform. Uh, more or less as a solution to stop uh, toxic accounts from appearing and whatnot. So, my whole position is it's been done. Uh, but, I mean, obviously in my direct way of speaking... I may sound a little glib sometimes when I'm posting on Twitter. It's mostly because, I mean, I just talk directly, you know, uh, with uh, whatever I'm saying. Especially on Twitter, 280 characters, I just wind up just uh, being as direct and trying to be as concise as possible. Uh, Thankfully, nice guy on Twitter did not think I was being rude. At least, hopefully he didn't. Uh, He seemed to be pretty positive. Hi, nice guy on Twitter. Anyway, um... So yeah, once again, if you guys talk to me on Twitter, um, if it's a complex topic like this or there's a lot to say, I may seem to be curt to the point. It's just because Twitter says, 280 characters, shorten it. Okay. So um, there are several things going on here. Um, I'm going to try to address each of his points. So one of them is, a point where he said that the people are the product. Uh, another is uh, toxicity is, is everywhere. And the other is charging per tweet would probably end it because people won't pay to be toxic. So my positions are as this. It, it's been done. It's been done dozens of times. It's really not a new idea and the justification is actually the very same justification and uh, you know I get it you know everybody tries to quite a few people try different methods of uh, subscription levels subscription levels won't work because subscription there are different aspects of commerce there is the consumer there is the uh, provider, and uh, then with advertising, uh, there are partners. Uh, and I'm just going to call them partners. And uh, I, you could break them down to even more variations. But the consumer is the person who is, you know, the user, the consumer, the primary function for the business model that the provider uh, creates. 
And the first fallacy in this argument, um, it's, and I don't really consider it opinion at this point. I consider it to more or less having been proven through other attempts at this exact thing. The first fallacy is toxicity is equal to a consumer. Weeding a consumer out that is quote-unquote toxic will remove toxicity. That's not true. Toxicity is not a consumer. Toxicity is the result of human emotions that everyone has. So if you're going to try and weed out anything that's toxic, you're literally targeting the consumer, the people whom you want to use your product. Now, in terms of uh, reach, you know, and penetration into the market, you need as many consumers to use your product as possible. Twitter is what, like the 40th uh, major attempt, you know, worldwide, 40th, 50th, something like that, major attempt worldwide to penetrate the market. And they did it on a free platform basis. Twitter is basically just an evolution of uh, news groups and discussion boards. Only it, it, it looks different. There are only a few characters. But, uh, you know, if you've ever been on a Usenet group from the, uh, from the 80s or 90s, uh, mostly the 80s, early 90s, they had character limits too. <laughs> um, and some Usenet groups literally would only let you pay, post uh, a couple sentences, very similar to Twitter. Uh, Usenet became more and more popular uh, when people realized two things. One, you could use them for more than just interdepartment communications between IT people. You could use it for more than just journal posts. Uh, and I mean, you could use it just for communication, political communication. I mean, that was, Usenet really began, you know, those types of news groups. I keep saying Usenet, but it's really just any news group, bulletin board system, that type of thing, existed, if I recall correctly, the first few that existed were in the 70s. Uh, then they branched out from the universities, among other things. And, you know, by, by the time that I had Prodigy, news groups existed. And uh, if you know what Prodigy is or was, I had it like within the first couple of years that it came out. Um, God, I can't even remember what, what year that was. Uh, That's a long time ago. There were news groups that required... Uh, payment to use. Those were used by professionals. And even those couldn't weed out toxicity. Uh, people with PhDs getting into really vulgar, abusive fights over journals, what constituted science, what constituted findings, etc., etc., etc. And those alone you know, if you go back to the news group models that tried to use pay-to-play uh, models, those alone didn't work, and they fell apart pretty damn quickly because professors were using them 
uh, you know, based with through the uh, school university systems, uh, you know, own money. So if a university refused to pay to subscribe to a to a news group because the people involved were just vulgar, abusive, and harassing, then if they're not going to, you know, the the news group models just they're not going to cut them out because they want that money so they ignore the abuse and then you have the people who are getting abused and they say to their university you know the the board say pull out don't do it let's just make our own a free one uh, or let's be participate in the free one sure it may not have the quote-unquote peer review that you require but the peer review you require is turning into these death threats and I know that a lot of people out there haven't heard about this. Uh, professors, especially in Egyptology. Uh, th- there was an article I read a few years ago. But um, death threats are a common everyday thing. With educated in- individuals that should know better. Threatening other people over what they think uh, one, uh, you know, one hieroglyph means or what one discovery means over another, whether Hepshepsut was male or female, whether it was the same era, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, and this is, mind you, I'm not including news groups as a major attempt at a social media platform. You know, in my in my statement that Twitter's like the 50th or 60th worldwide or whatever it is. I'm not even including them. Otherwise, Twitter's further down the line. So, the subscription model, dating back 30 years, 35 years, just never really worked. I mean, even for educated professionals, even for things like peer-reviewed journals, it never really worked and uh, that is for the one thing that I said at the beginning toxicity is not a consumer you can't weed out toxicity by targeting consumers you can only weed out toxicity by targeting actions and then you might be able to base uh, uh, you know a, a history of actions in or of a consumer to say to a consumer okay that's it you are way too toxic that's when you can ban the consumer twitter knew this so what did twitter do twitter's not the only free platform out there especially not the free one that only had so many characters in fact twitter's limitations uh, the failure to communicate uh, in long form, uh, the focus on just short sound bites. I mean, keep in mind, when Twitter first came out, what was it? It wasn't even, I think when it first came in, it only had like 80 characters to use. Then it was up to 160. Now it's up to uh, uh, 280, right? Or 140, then 280. Something like that. Some, some, I remember when it very, very first came out, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it was only 80 characters. Maybe I'm wrong, though. 
I'd have to look it up. And as people know, this is unprofessional. I don't do my research while I'm doing my podcast just because I'm lazy. So um, I seem to remember that, you know, when I heard about Twitter, when I first heard about Twitter, I said, well, only that many characters? Oh, please. I didn't even touch it. It was several years before I even touched it. I think I made a Twitter account and then didn't even use it. I know I used the Twitter account when it had 140 shortly before it was boosted to 2280. Right? 280, not 2280. Uh, so anyway, Twitter had a limitation in number of characters. Twitter had uh, advertisements on the sideboard. Twitter had... Uh, was it? I don't even think they had the ability to block a person when it first came out, right? And they had really crappy TOS, you know, co- uh, consumer, basically consumer moderation, um, regulation of, you know, regulating consumers posting. But that's actually why Twitter hit it big, because Twitter didn't punish anyone. It was a literal cesspool, but it ballooned out overnight. So people got in these hot flame wars, back and forth, back and forth. And Twitter, just like YouTube, uh, I believe, in fact, it was even using the Google uh, algorithm. And this is, you know, early days of Google algorithm, or what I call early days. Uh, Google algorithm focuses on where you spend your attention and Twitter uses that information of where you spend your attention and focuses your energy into viewing the same type of content that you respond to and you produce. So picture this. Somebody insults you. You respond to them. You reply to their post, right? They reply to yours. You reply to theirs. That's called interaction, right? According to the Google algorithm, you are interacting with content you wish to interact with. And when I've tried to explain this before, people say, you're victim blaming. Like, no, I'm not victim blaming. It sounds like you're victim blaming because you're saying that we bring it on ourselves. Well, here's the actual fact is, you are because of Google. So it, it's not, see, this is the problem with discussing it because no matter what I say, it sounds like I'm victim blaming when I'm really trying to point out it's Google's fault. They created this algorithm. It's content that you wish to see according to their thinking computer, right? And Google has no control over it. They're just selling the algorithm basically to people who wish, wish to use it like Twitter. So Twitter uses that formula um, that Google released on how to focus people's attention. And every time you reply to a tweet, every time you get a new one, every time you go to your notifications page, you generate revenue. It's a lot of revenue. And when you're talking about flame wars, you're talking easy. 40 to uh, to 80 tweets a day, right? And a CPM of, I don't know, uh, a, maybe one to seven dollars uh, per thousand views. So 
you have two people generating incidental views on other people's Twitter feeds while generating at least 80 or more views just from each tweet. I mean, each tweet may actually generate three views from the same person who tweeted, who posted the tweet, and who looks at their notifications for a reply to the tweet. So that's how Twitter made money, and that's how they ballooned. I mean, they ballooned overnight, and a lot of it had to deal uh, specifically with flame wars, with people arguing over YouTube things, uh, sending death threats back and forth. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about Parler being a neo-Nazi, uh, you know, uh, platform. Yeah, it's got nothing on what Twitter was like when it first started. It really had nothing. I mean, Nazis around every freaking corner. And uh, so then they tried to create ways to not filter tweets, although they did that at one point. There's, you know, like shadow, um, shadow banning, where you remove somebody from an algorithm because of suspected abuse. Every once in a while, Twitter tries to implement shadow banning. Um, uh, there was one point where uh, Twitter was uh, did try to limit people posting if they contained certain keywords. And of course, their TOS was so poorly written that um, uh, the, the neo-Nazis who like to manipulate people's words were able to report people and of course Twitter has no domestic, I don't believe they ever had a domestic customer service, um, you know, in terms of service, um, uh, what do you call it, you know, people who handle terms of service, you know, um, uh, center, terms of service center. Uh, I believe from the beginning that they were uh, sub subletting it out to India. And uh, if anybody knows India's history, uh, they know that there are uh, th there's they are a real reason you know you sub you sub um, contract to people in India where there's a large Muslim population uh, you're going to have a lot of people who are Jewish getting banned for confronting neo Nazis for being Holocaust deniers and the neo Nazis get to get away with what amounts to be is uh, you know essentially denying that murder ever came you know happened right and that's a real that's a real issue people like to say oh you're you're, you're coming down in india uh like no listen to me india's got real problems over there and trying to force uh, a center in india to do things you know halfway across the world from where you are to read the english language and then to defend or moderate based off of our sensibilities, our concept of what's moral, what isn't, what's right and what's wrong. I mean, especially when you are talking about a group of people that don't exactly have an easy time in that other country. Uh, yeah, it's not going to end well. And, uh, it's still a major problem to this day. Although there are, I do believe there are like senior representatives uh, in the U.S. Um, or other countries uh, who handle appeal escalations. Um, it, it's, 
it's actually gotten worse in this last year. Uh, because their Twitter has laid off a bunch of employees and their appeals department gave the CEOs a nice big raise. And, uh, for example, one of my tweets, I was, I was discussing the good place and I said, the problem with the good place is it says this, and I put in quotes, uh, if you're bored, go kill yourself in quote. And I said, and that's what I find disgusting about that TV show. I, I have a copy of my tweet. I've been sharing it for a while. I've been stuck in the appeals queue for six months now. Or close to it. Close to six months now. They have not answered my appeal. And I was apparently reported by the person who said they didn't report me. So someone else must have impersonated that other person. It was an argument with uh, uh, Rich from Bleeding Cool... Uh, you know, magazine, the online thing. Uh, Rich is a real, a real uh, problem person uh, to begin with. But that further is a further example of how Twitter can't handle its own moderation system. One and two, Rich insists that he didn't report me, even though I got a notice that the person said that I told them to go kill themselves. Right which is exactly the opposite of what I was saying in the tweet. I was attacking a TV show that said it. I was very clear. Uh, the, it also said that it was verified. You know, first it was, it, was, it was verified by the machine and a human being, right? Human being clearly didn't read the tweet or know how to read English. Well, the reach of that tweet was, it was something like 80,000 people. The tweet that I had wound up to be 80,000 people just from the relationship of Rich talking to me or, you know, it's more of a vicious argument with me. Um, and his reach as a blue check mark and all the people who follow him. So Twitter's making money off of something that then they... Uh, is falsely reported by someone to claim that I was ta attacking them and it, they failed to check it with the person moderating, right? So you might say, well, this is proof that Twitter system is broken. Yeah, but it's, it actually gets worse when you're paying for a service because let's say Rich is paying for the service and I'm not, Rich has, makes a, you know, has a lot more popularity, a lot more followers than me, so he would be a preferred user of the service. Uh, he would just immediately, or uh, my account would just immediately likely have been suspended after Twitter made a lot of money off of my posting, Rich posting, uh, and, uh, and then it would be end of story for my interaction on Twitter. Because, you know, and just because of how pay services work, right? Or it would be conversely uh, a different, or converse to that, right? Maybe because I'm paying for the tweet and Rich is paying for his tweets and I generate a bunch of interactivity, Twitter thinks, oh, this is good. We're not going to take action on anybody uh, just because... Uh, we're paying for the service, which means that 
toxic people, and you know, obviously I'm maintaining I'm not a toxic person, but let's say uh, somebody is doing the same thing or they're having a fight and they're paying for the service, well, Twitter won't want to lose their business for the same reason they wouldn't look at my tweet for moderation. And uh, so then nobody would get banned. So you would have toxic people who pay a, a yearly service or a monthly service or per tweet. And Twitter's not going to lose that business. They want to keep those people on, right? Uh, another problem with paying per tweet is that you would literally have to have an account on, on file. Well, how many different accounts do businesses have in order to get reach out to other people? You know, I mean, I have like four or five different Twitter accounts for different aspects of my businesses because I have to run different businesses or different aspects at different times. So while my main account may be suspended, my others aren't. You know, my main account is, I mean, it, technically it's not suspended. It's in the appeals queue. Um, it's just messed up. So th there are a lot of major problems with how Twitter is functioning, but those major problems are the reason why Twitter's the most popular platform. And at the end of the day, it takes a lot of money to run Twitter, a lot of money, and the CEOs want to pad their bank accounts as much as they can. And have you ever looked at Jack's uh, history, what he does with his, the, the dude is filthy rich beyond imagination and he posts some of the most idiotic crap on Twitter. Jack is not an intelligent individual, except he managed to create a system for instant communication and then is just in control of the entire Twitter empire and almost has nothing to do with it while he's paying low-level employees even less to keep his system running. And I don't even think it's, it's his system anymore because Twitter's gone through so many changes. But all he talks about is cryptocurrency, right? It's, it's like an advertisement for cryptocurrency on his site. And he's invested heavily in creating or, or being shareholder uh, of different cryptocurrencies. So that's, he's just focused on making money. Well, imagine if that same mentality is put onto consumers in terms of microtransactions or yearly fees. They're going to keep nickel and diming you. And the idea of, well, it'll just be like one, one cent per tweet. Yeah, then nobody will engage. People are on Twitter because they're bored. And they're not going to be spending one penny here, one penny there, here, there, here, there, here, there. God, uh, sometimes I post 200 tweets in a day. Or like 200 tweets in a day. Or, you know, stuff like that. So, there has, in, in my experience, in looking at how microtransactions work... I've never seen a company that has used that form of crack cocaine and not become so addicted to it, they try and take you for every penny they have. Just look at mobile games. There are very few mobile games out there who participate in microtransactions that don't try to gouge you. The mobile games which say one-time fee, unlock, unlock everything, that's it. You know, you pay a one-time fee. They, they don't charge you again. 
It's a completely different mentality, the way they go on. And Twitter, if it doesn't have ad revenue, I mean, it's clearly making a lot of ad revenue. And I've looked into buying ads on Twitter, and it's quite a, it's a little bit more expensive than some people may think. Um, because the ads also trigger, uh, they're on a cycle. They'll trigger even when you're not on your computer. And they'll cycle through, right? Uh, at least they do on mine. Well, if you remove that revenue and nickel and dime a person, they have to make sure they make enough money to cover for the basic bandwidth use. And because of how things work in different countries, uh, they will also have to resolve the issue of providing equal service when the value of currency is vastly different in each country. And then you have exchange rates to deal with. So by introducing nickel and diming like that per tweet, you're dealing with even more fees that Twitter has to upkeep in order to justify costs. And how are you going to pay for uh, the tweets? You're not going to be able to pay a penny per tweet. You're going to have to buy a bank account on Twitter in order to tweet. And then you're going to wind up people who buy $5 worth and say, I want to save this for the right tweet. And then they never tweet again. Uh, I mean, I've gone through that emotion myself when, when trying to uh, post, make job postings in order to find people to work for me on a work for hire basis. Uh, and some of these things, some of these places like Fiverr or, or Freelancer, you know, you, you pay, you put in some money, then you put the job, job posting, and then you wind up with some extra money saying, okay, well, I need to save this as I know I'm going to do another project down the road. And then you never use it again. I, I think I've got like $40 left on Freelancer that I haven't used. And, you know, with a job center like Freelancer or Fiverr, you have people looking for work. So it's like a necessity. Twitter isn't a necessity at all. It's a candy store. It's a form of entertainment. Uh, and there are different types of entertainment. Just engaging. Any sort of engagement without, you know, sans a lot of substance is just a form of entertainment, right? And that's the vast majority of all Twitter things. Entertainment. One second. So I realized I rambled a little bit. I was trying to address multiple complex topics and issues all at once. Uh, but hopefully you understand that these are all the issues that come into play. And uh, I mean, there's human behavior involved and you can't resolve human behavior with uh, capitalism in this way. You just can't. Uh, there are very distinctive traits in terms of, uh, you know, personality traits and um, consumer action, and the traits of a consumer, consumer actions, etc., etc., etc. And of course, you have emotional. And uh, one, uh, here's another thing. You know, people uh, may be justifiably angry at somebody. Maybe somebody said something really terrible and that person makes a mistake, right? 
they, they say, oh, I wish you would die. All Nazis should fucking die, right? Well, I mean, a lot of people will agree with that, right? But that's still a violation of terms of service. So let's say you have somebody who's, who's Jewish who was harassed by a Nazi who, skirt, who skirted the, uh, the, whole, uh, the whole issue, the whole concept of terms of service. They knew what words to say, what words not to say. Right? Uh, then the Jewish person gets banned. And they're the ones who, you know, they pay for their service. They're the ones who uh, got really angry because the Nazi was masterful in his art of being a complete and total dickhead. So then you have the Jewish person suing Twitter, saying, I want my money back. And Twitter saying, we're not going to refund you money just because you violated the terms of service. person said, a Nazi was harassing me. They say, well, the Nazi didn't break our terms of service. They knew what to say and what not to say. That's a legal minefield that Twitter probably doesn't want to enter. Because even for a free platform, Twitter's been threatened with lawsuits that deal with that exact same issue. They've got a team of lawyers and they're fending off shitty lawsuits every day. In my particular case though, Twitter has failed to adhere to, uh, to their appeals process. It was not processed through an appeal and a false strike was put against me claiming that I told somebody to kill themselves when I was saying the exact opposite. I was saying, I don't like the good place because the good place is sending this message at the end of the movie, at the end of the show. Now I understand how the automated system could pick out if you're bored, just go kill yourself as a complete sentence. But an automated system doesn't understand context in the English language. Right? Uh, whoever manually reviewed the tweet is someone from India who didn't understand what quotation marks meant and probably didn't read the rest of the tweet. They're just going through and said, okay, this is flagged by the computer. Yes, I approve. Yes, I approve. Yes, I approve. Yes, I approve. Right? So I, I put it through appeal to have a manual approval by somebody in, you know, elevate it up and Twitter isn't paying people to do that. They're, they cut back their jobs because they want to make more money. And that's even with Twitter making money from advertisements and not Twitter making money from individuals. You know, you introduce the level of greed associated with microtransactions and what's going to happen. Twitter is going to uh, adhere to that corporate policy of greed, right? They're going to try and take as much money and fire as many people as possible and delay satisfaction to its users as much as possible. And then the response is, well, if you don't want to use our platform, you can just stop paying, right? So you've got a lot of those problems there. Finally, there is the issue of um, how much money does 
Twitter actually make from its advertising? Well, from there are several different types of ads. Uh, there are several different types of ad partnership levels. And uh, the nice guy on Twitter I was talking to, um, hi, nice guy on Twitter, you mentioned, well, it's like 0.01% per ad per person. Uh, how much can, money can they really be making? There are ads that cost uh, a lot of money, <laughs> a lot more money. I've looked into them to buying certain types of ads. There are ads and corporate sponsorships and partnerships that Twitter has where they pay them thousands, if not millions of dollars, you know, um, and it's, you know, they're like different types of promoted tweets, uh, different guarantees, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Twitter's making a lot. You don't need to worry about how much money Twitter's making. And Twitter also uh, has investments like Jack keeps saying, uh, it has private investments as a company, like in Bitcoins or other things uh, that give them a higher return off of just investing their money, right? So if you're talking about replacing that entire system with people paying to tweet, it would cost a lot of money. Uh, it, it would be like a Candy Crush level demanding microtransactions, uh, it, you know, at, at all. I don't see how it would mean it would remain one cent per tweet for long. And let's say we're talking about U.S. dollars, one cent per tweet. That kills. Uh, third world countries, you know, the, don't forget, Twitter has a lot of people in a lot of impoverished countries that use the platform to organize protests, to organize uh, political um, uh, statements, uh, awareness, etc., 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 etc. You charge one American cent, one penny per tweet, you're killing off a lot of people's access to the only concept of free speech that they will ever have in their lives. So I see a lot of harm in trying it. And, you know, as history has proven, no other platform which charges money has ever had that kind of reach. Ever. So, there's no way to solve it with money unless Twitter wants to kill its platform. There's just no way. And, uh, you know, reading tweets is not the same as, as paying for them. And I'm telling you, here's the other thing bandwidth is something that, uh, you know, with all. You know, I don't like saying with all due respect because a lot of people think that you know, a lot of people use that to insult. I'm not insulting, you know, Mr. Nice Guy on, on Twitter. I'm not insulting him. Uh, with respect to your position, um, bandwidth exists whether or not a person posts a tweet. 
So if you're talking from a business model perspective, uh, you're going to have to charge for people looking at Twitter. And if you say get rid of ads in order to resolve, the, you know, in order to resolve toxicity, then Twitter has absolutely zero reason to spend the bandwidth to allow people to read other people's tweets. It costs money every time someone loads up a, a site, you know, a Twitter site. It costs Twitter money. And uh, there are people that, uh, you know, there are programmers that do that. They load up the Twitter site several thousand times a second just to cost Twitter bandwidth. And that costs Twitter money. And those people, uh, I mean, there are algorithms out there to detect and look for that type of abuse in order to ban those people. And, uh, you know, granted, the average user is not going to do that. The average user loading up a website is still going to cost Twitter money. If Twitter has 80 million users and you have, uh, you know, per second, that's 80 million loads. And that's bandwidth, that's electricity, that's server access. That's money, 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 money. And the advertisements are actually paying for a lot of that, including Twitter's own financial investments. So the idea of having people pay per tweet... From a monetary standpoint, it doesn't make any sense at all uh, if you're going to allow people to read that tweet without paying to read the tweet. Um, you know, so there's a lot about the... I mean, there's no way to, in this model being suggested that Twitter can function by charging f for use in the way you describe and the only way for Twitter to really make money to replace the ad revenue would be to nickel and dime the shit out of their website. A penny to change your uh, your header, a penny to change your profile pic. Interrupted by a customer just now who had her the top of her ass crack showing because she couldn't have jeans that fit her. And no... People who do that, the women who tend to do that, are women who are looking for attention. Which is very similar to how Twitter functions. <laughs> um, finally, there's the conception. And, uh, you know, I, I, I said this on, on Twitter. And, um, you know, nice guy, you were very nice. But I, I, you, you're incorrect in your assertion that people are the products. Right. The people on Twitter are not products. Twitter does not actually sell you. So, or sell to, you know, Twitter will try and sell to you the advertising. That's a connection between them. Uh, they're the connection between you and the merchant that's trying to sell their goods and services. Right. Uh, but you are not the product. You are not being sold. For you to be a product, Twitter would have to be literally selling your contact information. And I say that because this is a discussion that has already been handled legally a long time ago, you know, in regards to Federal Trade uh, Commission and also Federal Communications Commission. Uh, users are not products. 
when Twitter says we have 80 million users, Twitter is boasting about their platform and potential reach. They're not actually selling 80 million users to uh, advertisers. Advertisers have to buy the right to display an ad that you may like, but you are not being sold. Uh, now you can try and argue, well, Twitter's potential reach includes you. Uh, not really. They're selling a demographic and you are more than a demographic, right? And so they may sell a demographic reach, but they're not actually selling you. If they were selling you, then the companies would own a part of you in some way. Well, they don't because you're not being sold. Um, if you don't like the ads on Twitter, install ad blocker. Simple as that. Uh, Twitter does not stop ad blocker, uh, if I recall correctly. Uh, although I, I th you know, I, I use Twitter anyway without ad blocker. You know, on mobile, I don't even think I get any ads when I use um, Twitter for mobile. I don't. I think maybe I get a paid promotion every once in a while, and I just zip right through it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, those are the main points here. Vitriol is not a consumer. Vitriol is a part of the human psyche. Uh, humans spew it because humans are not very good people. <laughs> people are not good. You know, if aliens were come to come down and judge us all, we'd be wiped out. Right? Uh, you can't uh, financially gate or block trolls. You can... The only type of financial gating that will work is blocking new accounts if Twitter actually decides to block new accounts. But if people are being blocked when they try to make new accounts, they can't, Twitter can't expand their base. So you can't even block sock puppets. And a lot of trolls are sock puppets. Because people are so invested in their own per, you know, persona online, they'll use a sock pu puppet, they'll create one in 30 seconds, post a nasty thing, and then the sock puppet will be dis deleted or, or removed. There's nothing you can do financially to regulate trolling or vitriol. And, I mean, if major universities couldn't manage that, if, if professional Egyptologists who've been, who have tenure are sending death threats to each other over paid to use Usenet, or, or not Usenet, but just news groups or... Um, any type of communi professional communication, there's no way in hell you're going to be able to block people on Twitter from doing that without actually having a dedicated customer service team. Someone who doesn't live in India and someone who actually understands the languages and all their connotations for the country uh, or for the uh, tweets that they're regulating. Right? That's the only way to handle it. And Twitter has cut back on that. I mean, my own appeal, six months, is proof of that. I'm seeing people under Twitter support bitching about being nine months in, into the appeal system and nobody has answered them. Paying is not going to fix the problem. Paying may actually exasperate the problem. Because I guarantee you, if Twitter was a paid platform, 
Trump would never have been banned. His detractors, the poorer people who have uh, reduced uh, memberships, not premium, just a cheaper memberships, Twitter would have banned all of them. Twitter would prefer, you know, if Twitter were in the business of, of uh, seeking the almighty dollar for tweets, then Trump would make them billions just because he'd pump it down Twitter's throat to let him do whatever he wants. And every single journalist and every single small-time person or just regular mom and dad who says, this Trump's an idiot, they would be banned from the platform. I've seen that crap happen. I've actually seen that type of thing happen. So that's another reason why it's just not you know, really going to work. I mean, uh, capitalism does not solve the problem, cannot solve the problem. Uh, people... Uh, cannot be regulated like that. I mean, emotions cannot be regulated like that. Uh, and, you know, then, you know, we're not a product. We're, we're really not a product. So that premise is, is incorrect. I think the only thing that you, can be done, the only two things, to ha- or three things to handle trolls, the William Shatner method, embarrass and block. Embarrass and block, Right? Or maybe just block. Don't even look at them. Just block. Block, block, block. You know, that's one. Two, in, find some more productive uh, tweets and topics to engage in. A lot of people don't realize that they bring on the Google algorithm to themselves. They bring that terror and horror onto themselves. If you sign on to Twitter and all you see are vitriol... It's because Twitter thinks that that's what you want to read. You gotta screw with the algorithm. Uh, you know, it's like with YouTube. Every once in a while, I have to reset my YouTube algorithm by explicitly searching for videos other than the ones that YouTube are showing me, just to confuse the hell out of YouTube, so I can get a variety of video suggestions. And that's because the Google algorithm, which has been used by everyone. Yahoo, AOL, uh, I think Facebook's the only one that's challenging the Google algorithm. Uh, Twitter, uh, the Google algorithm's just busted. You have to take control of it. You have to manipulate it yourself. So I'm sorry, this is an hour-long podcast episode. Um, Yeah, you can listen to it on Fast Forward. Uh, I do talk kind of slowly while I'm organizing my thoughts. And I do repeat myself, uh, as you probably heard. So I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you take care. Um, I hope you didn't think I was using you for any personal gain. Although, I did monetize this uh, this podcast. I get a penny. <laughs> anyway, uh, take care, man. Uh, have a good one. Have a good one to everybody. Uh, so, um, bye.